Good morning, New Hope. I want to start uh, by just honoring um, our pastor, my dad. Uh, what you don't know is because you, you haven't lived with him like I have. Like, this is my dad. He raised me. What you don't know for sure, I'll just tell you, he's exactly the same way at home as he is every other time. In fact, one time I was growing up, when it, when it, like one time I was growing up, but this one time I was little, and one of my friends from church was at my house, and they saw my dad. Like, the, the way that you would see him on a Tuesday is how he dresses all the time. And my friend looked at me, and he's like, he, he saw my dad walk by, and he goes, does he ever wear, like, shorts? I was like, no, he, he, not, not too much. But my dad is just steady Eddie. And that steadiness is an attribute of God. God is steady and faithful, and our pastor has that same attribute, and I'm so thankful for that model in my own life and in our church. Uh, so I want to honor my dad. I want to honor my mom as they've led this church now for 40 years. Can you believe it? That's older than I am. So Thank you, our pastors. Let's all get on the, the preaching heart, the thank you, Pastor Neil Hart, and let's start tapping that to let our pastor know how much we appreciate him. Hey, so in just a minute, I'm going to present the gospel in an incredibly clear way. If you've been praying for someone to receive Jesus, if you've been praying for maybe family members or somebody you work with, and you're like, like man, man, they really need Jesus, stop what you're doing. Get your phone out, text them, get them here. They can come right now. They don't have to get dressed. They don't even have to put their coffee down. Whatever they're doing, they can stop whatever they're doing and they can follow a link and they can join us for church right now because in, in about five minutes, I'm gonna present the gospel. So I think in the public chat, chat, there's gonna be a link. You can click on that and that would open up your Facebook for you and it'll open up your Facebook and you can post a link to join church right now. Typically, when you invite someone to church, you know, you got to plan it out and invite them and well, wait for you at the door. You can send it to them right now, and they can, in an instant, join us in church. So if you know somebody that's not saved, you've been praying for them, today might be their day. So go, invite them. Say something like, "Churches, I'm in church. This place is awesome, and I can still be in my pajamas. So can you. Come join me. Go do that. Okay, um, we're in the middle of a series, we're not in the middle of it, we're starting a series right now called Keys to Unlock the Kingdom of God. So these are some keys in this series, keys that will help us understand the kingdom of God in a deeper way. We can unlock these, uh, these doors in the kingdom of God to understand how God's economy works. It's sometimes counterintuitive, as we're going to see today. You know, it's 4th of July this weekend, and I'm pretty excited. I like to do fireworks with my kids, and I got this, uh, it says TNT on it. It's not actually TNT, I hope not. Um, but it's, you know, just a firework. This is the kind of fireworks I like to do with my kids. I can light it on the floor, and it goes, and then it's over in 10 seconds. Uh, and I just blew all the money, but it's kind of fun. Um, and this one says, freedom, nice and big across it. It says, freedom, 1776. That's right. This is our Independence Day weekend. Woo! We are Americans. We are independent. We are dependent on a king or queen of England. We are independent. How great is that? In 1776, we declared our independence from our mother country that, you know, started us as a colony, and we separated, and we became our own. And in that moment where we declared our independence... 
we declared our freedom from England. Right after that, our country exploded with growth. We became one of the greatest countries in the world. And it didn't take very long, uh, relatively speaking. America exploded with growth and potential. Freedom has a way of doing that. It can explode with growth and potential. And today we're going to talk about Christian freedom. What does Christian freedom mean? When we have Christian freedom, it's like this, it's, it's like this uh, firework right here. You know, I can pull this up and I can light, light it and then all this amazing stuff. Inside here, there's all kinds of power and awesomeness and it just needs a spark. And when you have Christian freedom and you're doing it right, your life will be powerful for the kingdom of God. Some of, some of us, we've been Christians for a long time, but our life is not powerful for the kingdom of God because we're not really living in Christian freedom. When we do, our life is going to be powerful. Let's take a look at this here in this message today. You can't be free. Here's number one. You can, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. If you want to find them online, you can go to mynewhope.in and tap on uh, the Sunday experience, and the sermon notes are all there ready for you. But you can't be free. You can't even begin to be free in God's economy unless you're a citizen of the kingdom of God. So here's number one. Freedom means being a citizen of God's kingdom. Freedom means being a citizen of God's kingdom. Here's what I mean. My loyalties lie within the kingdom of God before they lie within the kingdom of America. I'm an American. I'm proud to be an American. But I'm a Christian first. And so Christian freedom means being a citizen of God's kingdom. Ephesians says it like this. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, it says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but your fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. Everything that relies, I'm sorry, everything that, that Jesus did, everything that God did, the whole kingdom of, of heaven depends upon what Jesus did on the cross. I want to make this really simple. This is how the gospel works. This is how the kingdom of heaven works. If you want to be a citizen of God's kingdom, this is, this is what you need to understand and accept. Uh, here, here's the truth. God like, let's pretend this is God and this is us. God created us to be together. This is how he wants us. He wants to be with us. He loves you. God loves you so much. But our sin separates us from God. I'll just use my Dasani. Our sin separates us from God. And no matter how good we are, how much we give in the offering, how many good things we do, how much we pay attention to our kids and play with our kids and love our kids and love our spouse... Nothing we do can get rid of sin. And, and it's a state of sin. It separates us from God. And the penalty for that is death. We all deserve to die a spiritual death in our whole life. So God wants us to be together, but our sin separates us from God. Sin cannot be removed by doing good works. It requires a blood sacrifice. And paying the price for sin, which was penalty, God took that penalty for sin upon himself. He absorbed the blow of sin 
died for us and came back to life. And now anyone who looks to Jesus as, our, as their Savior and opens their life up to him can have everlasting life. And life everlasting is life with Jesus, just like he intended for it to be. See, the truth of the gospel is this simple. In Romans chapter 5, it says, it says this. What's it say? Chapter 5, verse 6, and then at 8, it says, You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, when we were separated from God, when we were powerless from our sin, Christ died for the ungodly. Verse 8, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. He absorbed the blow. He absorbed the wrath. He absorbed the penalty of sin so that we don't have to. You don't have to. If you've never put your faith in this truth, if you've never put your trust in Jesus as your Savior, today can be your day. In just a minute, I'm going to give you that opportunity to put your faith in Jesus. Or if you have some questions and you just want to start talking with somebody, I would encourage you right now, at the bottom of the, the image right here, there's a little button that says live prayer. Click on that and someone on our prayer team will answer you. And you can start asking your questions. It's okay to ask. We want to help you experience Jesus and make a commitment for him. Let's go on here to the, uh, the, the second point. Number two, freedom means victory over sin. Freedom means victory over sin. Here's what I mean. Romans chapter 6 verse 14 says, For sin shall not be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace. Sin was your master. When we're, we're born, we're born, and, and we have this, this separation from God, even at birth. My dad never taught me how to, uh, how to sin, how to lie to him. I never taught my son how to, how to disobey. He just figured it out on his own. That's the sinful nature that we're all born with. So, and, and, and we can't help but sin. When we have a sinful nature, and that's the, our only nature, we can't help but live out that way. And we are slaves to sin. So if, for Christian freedom, Christian freedom means that you have victory over that sin. Sin was your master. You had no choice in the matter. You're going to sin. The Old Testament law was the gift given to Israel to help God's people see and understand that they can't do this on their own, and they need a Savior. They need a Savior. It helped them understand right from wrong. The law did. The law helped God's people understand right from wrong, but it didn't give them any power to stop sinning. That's what Jesus did. Grace, through Jesus, provides the power to defeat sin. Jesus didn't just die on the cross to forgive you of your sins. He died on the cross to help you stop sinning, to give you the power to be free. Freedom means victory over sin. The Bible talks about the old man. You know, we want to live... Once you become a Christian, you want to do the right thing. But this old man, the, the old Adam, keeps popping up his ugly head. He's ugly. This Adam is nice, but the, the old Adam is filled with sin. And it keeps popping its ugly head up once in a while. It's like 
I, I like to think of it like, like, like you walk across a, a floor that really needs to be mopped. It's sticky. The old man is sticky and sticks to us sometimes. But Christian freedom means victory over sin. You get rid of the stickiness. Romans chapter 7, Paul talks about it this way. Romans chapter 7, Paul says, that, and this is in the message, it happens so regularly that it's predictable. The moment I decide to do good, sin is right there to trip me up. I truly delight in God's commands, but it's pretty obvious that not all of me joins in that delight. Parts of me covertly rebel. And just when I least expect, they take charge. Verse 24, I've tried everything and nothing helps. I'm at the end of my rope. Is there no one who can do anything for me? Isn't that the real question? The answer, thank God, is that Jesus Christ can and does. He acted to set things right in this life of con contradictions where I want to serve God with all my heart and mind, but I'm pulled by the influence of sin to do something totally different. Church, there's a battle. There's a battle for your soul. There's a battle within us. We want to do right. We want to listen to God. But just like Paul, every time we make the decision to do the good thing, sin is right there tempting us to go the wrong way. This is normal. This is normal. But the Christian has to fight the battle. Just because Jesus died for your sins and gave you the power doesn't mean you aren't tempted anymore. You got to fight it. Jesus won it, but you have to fight it. We still have to fight. Being a Christian is like a, like a decision and a walk. You still have to fight it. Some of you at home may be thinking, okay, that sounds good, but I'll never be able to be, I'll never, I'll never be walking in a victorious life like so-and-so. I'm stuck. That happens. That happens. We want to help you get out of it. You can have victory over sin. You can. If you're stuck, if you consistently find yourself powerless to resist temptation, if you don't care that you're powerless against temptation, and you just figure this is the way your life is, if you were abused or molested, if you consistently can't seem to control your temper, if you consistently have a lousy attitude or a bad mood that lasts for days, not hours, if you think everyone has the same problems you have, if you wonder why you can't ever live victoriously like so-and-so, if your spouse would tell me that you're filled with anger and bitterness, if you look at the world through suspicion and darkness, if you think the world would be better off with you not in it, you almost certainly have a spiritual stronghold at work in your life. God is at work in your life, but so is the devil. Like, those things are, are true. God is at work, but so is the devil. And he came to steal, kill, and destroy. If any of the, those things are true, or if God's moving in your heart right now, and you just know that what I'm saying, like the Holy Spirit is telling you, this is it, here's what you need. You, you need to start the process of deliverance. We've made it very simple. In the public chat, there's going to be a link uh, where you can go and you can start the process to learn about deliverance. It's a very simple process that uses spiritual principles like forgiveness, 
These are things that God told us to do. Sometimes it's just hard to do it. And we have this process lined up to be able to lead you down a path where you can have full victory over the sin and problems in your life. It's possible. It's possible. Through Jesus, you just got to reach up to him, and we want to help you do it. So I encourage you to start our deliverance process. Every one of those examples that I gave are real-life examples of people that have gone through our deliverance process and are no longer feeling that way. They no longer think the world is better off with them dead. Now they're happy to be alive. You can have peace. You can have freedom. You can see the light. You can have a positive outlook. You can have hope. You can have victory. You just need to reach out for Jesus. You just need to fight the battle. So head to mynewhope.in and click on I want to get free. Or there's a link in the public chat right now where you can click there and get started. Let me move on. Here's the third point. Freedom means becoming a slave. Ooh. I thought you just said it was free. Isn't, this is the paradox. If you want to be free in Christ, like, like everyone is a slave to sin, but if you want to be free in Christ, you have to become a slave to righteousness, according to the Bible. Let's take a look at, look at this. Romans chapter 6, verse 18. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. When you became a Christian, true Christian freedom means that you abdicate your right to choose. Before, when you weren't a Christian, right, like sin was your master. You didn't have a choice in the matter. You're going to sin. You're, you're just going to. You don't have the power of God in your life to fight. But when the power of God is in your life to fight, you also don't get to choose. You're under submission to the king. You're a slave to righteousness, according to Romans chapter 6. If you're a slave to righteousness, that means Jesus decides for you. Jesus decides what you're going to post on Facebook. Jesus decides how faithful you're going to be to your spouse. Jesus decides if you're going to make that deal. Jesus decides whether or not you're going to cheat on that test. Jesus decides if you're going to do that internet search. Jesus decides if you're going to, you know, fudge your time card a little bit or be completely honest. You don't get to pick if you're a submitted Christian living in freedom. Christian freedom means that you've surrendered your right to choose what you do, and you've given it to Jesus. He decides. And when we do that, we're aligning ourselves under Jesus. Imagine, a, it's like an umbrella, like the blessing of God. When we choose his way, when we surrender all to give him the choice, we are stepping underneath the blessing of God. Galatians chapter 5 says this. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Why are we free? Why are we free? What's it for? Do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other. Watch out, or you'll be destroyed by each other. True Christian freedom exists so that we can be um, 
powerful agents for the kingdom of God. True Christian freedom exists so that the power of God, when we're fully submitted to him, the power of God can explode out of our lives. And something remarkable can happen. I'm going to ask the worship team to go ahead and come on up. I had COVID-19. Five weeks ago, maybe six weeks ago, I had COVID-19. And I've recovered. I'm fine. I'm not contagious. In fact, I'm, I'm one of the healthiest people in terms of COVID-19. I, 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 we don't, doctors don't know if you can catch COVID-19 a second time or not, but right now, I fought this thing off. I had the antibodies in my... In fact, my blood, I gave blood the other day, and my kid said, why'd you give blood? And I said, well, daddy's blood can heal people. My kids are going to think I'm Superman or something, but whatever. My blood right now can heal people. So I gave blood to, uh, uh, to the Red Cross, so, so hopefully that'll save some people's lives uh, through my blood plasma. I hope my antibodies can fight off COVID-19. But, but I'm healthy. I'm good. And, and the first time, at the first day when I was out of quarantine, I remember going to Kroger because we needed some stuff. I'm like, well, I can go. And so I went to Kroger, and, and, and I got in the parking lot, and I'm like, I'm, I'm free. Like, like, like I, I, I felt free because I was, you know, outside, but I also felt free because I didn't have anything to worry about. I can't catch it. I can't give it to anybody. I'm completely free. So there was a little more pep in my step, you know. I was just, I was like cloud nine. I'm like, yeah, I can, I can do anything. I'm free. And so when I got my cart, I was like, like usually I'm like trying to wipe down the cart, you know, because I don't know who touched it last, but I'm like, I don't care. So I'm like, I'm like touching the cart. Like, like, like I, can do, I can, so why not? I'm just going to. And I just started celebrating my freedom. I just started licking it. <laughs> I'm kidding about licking it. I didn't. I felt free. That, that's true. But I wasn't licking a cart. That'd be stupid. Why would you? I'm not going to just lick a shopping cart to try to get germs inside of here just because I can. I'm free, so I'm going to. When you're free, there's limits to it. There's limits to our freedom because there's a purpose to it. True Christian freedom means that we're slaves to righteousness. We do what God said. I'm a slave to God's way. I'm a slave to doing the good things. I'm a slave to doing what God would want me to do. I'm a slave to doing good works, which God prepared in advance for me to do. And why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I? It's an honor to be a slave to righteousness. After, after all God's done for me, why would I not be fully surrendered to him? He gave his life for me. Why would I not give my life for him? And what I do, he doesn't call me his slave. God calls me his child. And you can be a son or daughter of the king. I want to invite you to lean forward and take your step towards Jesus today. I really hope everybody watching takes their step towards Jesus today. Maybe you've never become a citizen in the kingdom of heaven, and you're ready. You're ready to accept that Jesus paid the penalty for your sin, came back to life, and you want to point your life to him and accept him as your savior. 
If that's you, I want to encourage you. Right now, or even as we sing this next song in just a minute, I encourage you, raise your hand to the Lord. We're going to have a spot in the public chat where you can raise your hand digitally as well. That just lets us know, and you can click the link to, to contact us and follow up with us. We'll follow up with you. But if you want to put your faith in Jesus, and you never have before, I encourage you, raise your hand to the Lord. Say, Lord, I surrender to you. I want to be fully devoted to you. I admit that I'm a sinner. I believe that you paid the penalty for my sin, which was death. And I confess that you are Lord. Just say it. You are Lord. I fully depend on you as my Savior. And I'll follow after you. Maybe you've been a Christian for a while. But you're not walking in true freedom. You need to start. You need to start. You're walking not as a slave to righteousness. You're walking as a slave to sin. And when it's fully developed, it gives birth to death. We need you in our church, and we need you to be powerful in our church, spiritually powerful in our church. And that doesn't happen without full surrender, right? So I encourage you, if you're stuck, unable to have victory over sin in your life, I encourage you, please start our deliverance process. The link is going in the uh, public chat one more time. You can just right-click on it and send it over to another tab. You can do it in a minute. But you should start the deliverance process. I really encourage you to do that. God's got great things in store for you. But everyone, all of us, I invite you to take your step forward to surrender completely to God. All areas of our life surrendered to him so we can stand in victory for our Lord. Lord, we surrender completely to you. We surrender to you now. 